Hello and welcome to another episode of Bullet Points. My name is Edward Smith and I'm joined as ever by co-host Reed McCarter. Hey Ed. Hey Reed, how are you doing? If I was doing any better, I couldn't stand it, Ed. That's what I love to hear. And I'm also joined by my other co-host, Patrick Lindsay. Hello. How are you doing, Patrick? I like to think that I am doing at least as well as Reed is. Oh, mm. that, that's brilliant then. We're all doing well. We're all feeling full of life and vigour and we're all ready to go. That's the kind of stuff that keeps an audience happy because we're happy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Precisely. No, that's, that's 100% true. When this show started, it was tin pot, it was shabby, we were miserable, everyone hated it. But now, but now <laughs> we're smiling and they're smiling. It's brilliant. Uh, everyone's smiling. Everyone's smiling. Uh, because they're on Class A drugs. We're also joined this week by a special guest. He's the creator and presenter of Don't Die, a internet interview series about the gaming industry, David Walensky. Yeah, thank you. I also am maintaining the appropriate levels of goodness and wellness, and just I just love smiling and uh, smiling with friends, and you guys are new friends, so I'm just smiling yeah. with you. Yeah, it's great to it's great to make new friends and smile with them. I'm always saying exactly. That. Yeah. Finally, someone yeah. who gets it. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm doing yoga. I'm on this new juice detox. Yeah. Uh, I've discovered like feng shui. What are you detoxing? Yeah. What are you minute. detoxing from? I'm detoxing from um, cocaine by oh. using masculine. It's it's fantastic. I feel great. Huh. I never well, want it to stop. Yeah, the problem with cocaine is it's a it's a short term happiness. It's not it's not it a long term sustainable happiness. It is, and it's very Moorish, <laughs> like masculine. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> masculine is it's natural. It's less steps from the ground to your body, so it's you know uh, exactly. Yeah, it's like um, oats for breakfast as opposed to cereals. Yes. So is this a yeah. this is an intervention I or I swear to God this is a real podcast. This is a real I podcast. I, okay. I I don't know anything about drugs, so I shouldn't even be making jokes because I don't know. I I've got no knowledge with which to make jokes. Hmm. I'm like the, the least the least drug person in the world. Are you even yeah, they don't... Ju- are you even juicing? Is that part true? Yes, that is true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. That's good because yeah, some off... things you just should not joke about. I'm off my face on steroids. <laughs> Um, so I can tell. So, hang on, I had a good segue. Then I'm off my face on steroids. I'm big and muscly, and the characters in Gears of War are big and muscly. No, and Gears of War is tangentially developed by the same people who developed the game that we're talking about today, which is Bulletstorm. Whew. That was pretty. That was okay. How sweaty are you right now? We're d- I'm exhausted. I'm just sit down. <laughs> There's a lot of heavy lifting. There. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, we've done messier segues, uh, I think. Yeah. But yeah, we're talking about Bulletstorm, the 2011 game from People Can Fly. Uh, it's a first-person shooter. Um, sort of put you in the in the know if you haven't played it. I'm sure that you probably have if you're listening to this episode. But still. It's a first-person shooter set on a alien planet, which also doubles as a theme park. And tonally, it's meant to be kind of fun and colourful and vibrant, not taken too seriously. You score points, you're meant to get outrageous kills, you have big, colourful, crazy weapons, and the whole thing is more or less played for laughs. 
Uh, we've all finished it, I take? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I did. Yeah, I got, I did. Okay. I got pretty far, but it's okay if you spoil the arc for me. Okay, okay. I will, uh, well, I'm I will, actually, I will live with that, it's alright. <laughs> it's, tradition, it's tradition here at Rolling Point to actually throw first to our guest. Okay. Uh, and we, us- we usually start with a very general question, which is, David... Did you enjoy or not enjoy Bulletstorm? It's very much like me to make an easy question and not know how to answer it. Uh, mm. uh, you know, it, 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 it's, um, it's, I guess it's amusing. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I feel like games like these are not and really... cut. Yeah, I feel like games like this are not really meant for someone like me. Um I did play Gears a couple years ago also for a podcast, and I felt that way a couple years ago. Um, so I guess, like, I'm more, like, wondering, like, who who are these types of games for? Um, it's not like I, I, I didn't hate it, but it's not like I was like, oh, man, this is a total blast. Um, yeah. It was just, for me, like, it felt like, you know, uh, one of those sort of by-the-numbers type of shooters I don't know if I'm going to get punched by you guys for saying that, but the answer, is, the, answer, the answer is I don't know. The answer is I don't know if I liked it. That? <laughs> well, well, we'll, I couldn't even we'll work tell. through this. We'll work through this together. Mm-hmm. I'd usually chuck to Reed or Patrick, but I just want to kind of jump in here and say basically my opinions mirror David's yeah. as much as um, this idea that it's like a blast and it's big and fun and whoa, hey, I uh, just didn't really read with me. I didn't quite kind of fall. Really? Am, am I going to be the outlier here? That, Maybe. that never happens. Depends. Patrick, what did, what did you think, Patrick? I really enjoy this game. Um, I, I agree that it's very by the numbers, but I'm, I'm going to do the annoying critic thing and say that I think that that is on purpose, at least in part. Yeah. Um, just because so much of this game is so over the top, like, I, I can't picture some of these things being written with a straight face that doesn't mean that they weren't but i i would like to believe that this game has its tongue firmly planted in its cheek for pretty much the entire time and it is also i mean the the tone is one thing and i think that's probably what it's best known for but i actually just thought it was a really fun shooter like you can uh this sounds bad you can kill people in so many cool ways (laughs) Aren't, aren't aren't used to doing in games and the game makes it really kind of seamless and fun it's not like back when we talked about bioshock and we talked about how the, the plasmids were annoying because they felt like they were just kind of sprinkled on top but you never really had cause to use them this was kind of the opposite it's just sort of like a uh, an embarrassment of riches in terms of of murder options and it was really fun yeah i mean i think it's worth pointing out for people who don't know like uh the thing that this game tries to do differently is like it's it's single player, but it's co-op because there are other characters who go with you, and they actually do sort of, you know, help you out when you're sort of outmanned. Like I they always do this weird thing where I just sort of watch and see what those characters do, and they do actually kill yeah. other things for you. Um, but like it, the other interesting thing it, it tries to do, and it does do, is it tries to weave in like stuff from fighting games or games from other perspectives where you're trying to just mm-hmm. do really intricate, ridiculous kills so there's like you can do you have like this leash on your hand that you can just sort of whip around i guess it's a whip but it's called a leash right yeah 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 okay Um, and you yeah this like electric leash and you can just send dudes whipping all around and you can 
you know, slide around and kick them, and there's environmental things you can do. So it's certainly, you know, it owns its ridiculousness, I think, in a way that stuff like Call of Duty games don't. Like, it doesn't... <laughs> it's never, mm-hmm. like, let's consider the totality of what we're doing. It's it's very ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Reed, yeah. what do you think? Uh, I'm probably uh, closer to Patrick, but I, I think this is it's a super obnoxious game. Yeah. Um, which oh, it I, absolutely is. Yeah. When I played it before, you know, years ago, didn't that didn't bother me that much? But um, yeah, it's it's kind of annoying. But I like a lot about it. I like the way it looks, and uh, I don't know. I I just li- I like what David was describing, kind of like you know turning a standard shooter thing into trying to like do trick shots and blah blah blah. Like it's it's really loudly dumb in a mechanical sense in a way I like. But then the writing, which I think I'm sure we'll talk a lot about, I find really, really aggressively annoying. <laughs> I actually have a, a list <laughs> on my what phone. I, I kept notes of just, just phrases and things. Uh, I, was I did the exact was... same thing. Okay, yeah, I, I was just, going I just... to try to do that. Maybe we. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm your guest. I don't want to tell you what to do, but how should we do it? No, this? do it up. Okay, I, think this I was going to say idea. we could all just read our lists if we have them, and then we'll just discuss. But... Um, so these are all things that are literally said in the course of dialogue in this game. So these are phrases and sentences. Uh, murder boner, bro down, you shit piles give chase, I will kill your dicks. What happy horse shit was that? Your dickish pal is dinner. Uh, and the crazy shit I've seen down here would turn your asshole purple. Um, I'd also just like to point out uh, the sort of really gruff macho character you're playing says things like this but as soon as you find a single bottle of booze he's instantly drunk yeah, yeah. i yeah, wanted yeah. to just he's... point that that sort of contrast out um, i was thinking about that he's a real lightweight yeah he's a cheap date Mm-hmm. <laughs> which doesn't really square with he's i think he's supposed to have a drinking problem but oh but i don't know i've you know it'd be like if you're reading a bukowski book and then he is talking about what a wizened old man he is yeah. hardened alcoholic and then he drinks a can of beer and falls over do you think Bukowski had a purple asshole <laughs> from the things he saw I, and experienced in his life I don't know he, if he did he probably wrote a poem about it I am horrified right now do you think Bukowski <laughs> would have liked Bulletstorm uh no I think he would have thought it was stupid I, I have to I have to believe that he would think it's it's stupid it's like a necessary sure? thing. Because it's, it's like a necessary I... thing of the universe. You have to believe he would think it was stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, for the universe to function, you have to believe. That. It informs certain parts of my worldview. I think. <laughs> um, sorry, but you guys had also had lists, or you hit most of the ones that I caught, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the the other one I noticed was he at some point he calls somebody dick tits. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> That's an image. I quite like that. Sorry, I quite like that. That's made me laugh. <laughs> there's like really? a stupid yeah there's a there's a stupid part of my mind that really likes just inventive swearing and if i heard somebody say oh i dicked it i would giggle See, Sorry. I, I, I think the first time i played this i was like kind of in that mindset and i don't know if it's just like a mindset at the time like the days i sat down and played this years ago i mm. was like laughing at just like this is the stupidest shit but it's but it's funny in its own, you know, whatever way. But this time I was just like, oh, shut up. Like, 
enough. No, it, it, it does annoy me, the whole section with the dinosaur, uh, the mm-hmm. remote-controlled dinosaur robot thing is just so fucking annoying. Can I just um, pause for a second and say that we've we've said a few things now, just sort of out of context, that have made me just think, this game is ridiculous. It, but the thing is, right, the, the problem I have with Bulletstorm, I think my chief issue with it is it's ridiculous in that way that games are often ridiculous, whereby uh, I feel like a bunch of men in suits kind of sat down and decided upon what was ridiculous. What what are eighteen year old college yeah. boys gonna think are, is funny? Yeah. Yeah, what what's what's trending on Twitter now? What do people like you know like when I can't remember what it was now, but oh no, it's only over here, you wouldn't have had it in the US, but only like a year or so ago there was some ad campaign using Chuck Norris based on the Chuck Norris jokes meme from, you know, whatever it was, the nineteen fifties. <laughs> bullet, bullet storm. Our bullet parents' storm favorite often, meme. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the original meme. Yeah, Chuck Norris um, is kissing a flapper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they used to be really big memes. You couldn't get them in your house. Obviously, now memes are really small, and you can just get yeah, them around. Yeah. In those days, you had um, to go in your car and and drive to see the meme. Yeah, and they'd be in black and white. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's how Bulletstorm sometimes feels to me. It's like it's been decided upon by a committee who are assigned to the, the you know the humor department. Yeah, I think that's um, I think that's what it is, and sort of what I'm responding to is like, you know, I said by the numbers, which is sort of a really cheap way of saying it. It feels generic, but I don't like like I wonder like you know whose sense of humor is this actually, and where is it coming from? Yeah. And like as ridiculous as it is, there's like. I feel like there's nothing in that game that I haven't seen in, like, Duke Nukem or something, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's immediately taking shots at Duke Nukem. Really? You think so? I I think so. And that's just because, like, I don't know. I am I am of the mind, and I think I could just be projecting, but I'm of the mind that the obnoxious, like, puerile writing is at least partially intentional and that it's aimed at people who think that that sort of stuff in games is dumb um i don't know i could be way off that's kind of interesting to talk about because i did kind of think that before and then this time i thought no i don't think it's yeah aware but like i'd be curious like what what makes you think that like just because it's a it sort of takes the standard story arc of one of these military shooters and then kind of just plays with it the entire time Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, the, narratively, the, it's it's very boilerplate. Like the the act structure is incredibly generic. They hit all the main plot points, like the the betrayal and the oh no, now we're teamed up with the bad guy. Like all these plot points, it hits. Um, and I think one of the things that we'll probably talk about when we talk more about the game and how it plays is its strength is in execution, not in any of its concepts. It doesn't do anything particularly outstanding, but what it does, it does. At least I thought it did it really well. Hmm. I think it's certainly, you know, an efficient and competent game to that extent. But um, I've kind of, I've kind of stopped praising games on those grounds personally. You know, this idea of, oh, it's not doing much, but it, at least what it's doing is doing well, or it's doing what it tried to do. I don't really uh, sort of go in for that anymore. Did uh, um, did, did any of you play it and? Uh... Was someone watching with you, or did they see you play it? Um, when I first started playing, it was kind of later 
at night and uh my partner was getting ready for bed and i was playing it with the sound on and i didn't want her to hear because <laughs> i i didn't want to it was one of those few things where i just wanted to be like you know because i think i said too i'm like oh i gotta you know i gotta play this game because we're gonna do a podcast episode on it so it's like oh you know do like a work type thing yeah and then i didn't want her to hear like you know listen up dick tits this is what we're you know it's that's what it's... I was like with with Quiet from Metal Gear Solid Five. I was just like, I don't want yeah. anyone in the room with me. Not because I need to be alone with it. It's just like, <laughs> that's the uh, just, that's the Tom Bissell test. It's just it's humiliating, you know. Uh, I think for certain types of people, uh, I guess that gets into like other territory. Like, should this exist or should it not exist? But I guess I was more wondering. Take it back to Bulletstorm. Like, you know, did did, did any of you like? Did someone who doesn't really pay attention to games like lay eyes on it for the first time or like I wonder like you know if this was someone's first you know if this was their doom like what would they make of it you know well I think this is a game that is you know and, and this happens a lot in games especially recently that's a game made for people who have played a lot of video games you know mm-hmm. I, I think it's yeah if you poked your head in and you didn't really play games and you kind of heard it you might think you know, maybe uh, reasonably that that's what video games are. You know, you wouldn't quite see that it's trying to be overblown or yeah. see, I wonder, kind of pulpy. I, I, exactly. I'd take this kind of further and say, yeah, uh, Bulletstorm's appeal is largely reliant on the player having grown quite tired of video games generally. You know, it, it's like <laughs> it's, it's a, a, it's a, it's a di- <laughs> It's yeah, like if, no, but seriously, if you, if you watch that, there was that trailer that they released, which was modeled after the trailers for either Halo Three or Halo Four, probably Halo Three, I think. Yeah, but Halo Three, and they released trailer for Bulletstorm, which is exactly like the Halo Three trailer, but you know, ends in in a joke and the kind of is that the one with the action figures vomiting? With the action figures, yeah, exactly. I can't believe I remember that. Holy shit! The overarching message is, oh, are you bored of typical war shooters? Are you bored of typical FPS games? Then yeah. play Bulletstorm. It's going to be different and crazy and whatever. So I think that uh, if you get this to somebody who hadn't played a lot of games, yeah. it wouldn't really hit. But that's because, like... Yeah, you need to... I mean, that's the sort of tone of, like, why they marketed Blue Ketchup. Like, that's the sort well, of, it's, like... It's... It's That's... also, you know, it's the Cabin in the Woods thing. If you've never seen yeah. slasher movies, yeah. then Cabin in the Woods jokes wouldn't matter to you. Um, and uh, Cabin in the Woods always felt to me, I mean, it's a really bad film, but smug and aloof. And, you know, if you hate all the, if, if, if you think that these things are kind of stupid, then make a better horror film. Don't just kind of poke fun. And, well, that's, we yeah. kind of talked about that a bit before, haven't we, about kind of this, and I feel like this kind of fits into that period of time, uh, you know, around 2011, 2012, and we're still going through it, and these games still get praised, but uh, games that are reflexive, that are about yeah. commentary about games. And mm-hmm. I never really thought of Bulletstorm in that way before, but, you know, it is in its own way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, things like Stanley Parable, which I couldn't yeah. stomach, but the whole idea is, or Spec Ops, where you're saying, look it, this is this is what you are because you play games or this is what games are like, you know, I'm going to comment on that by, you know, kind of having this, uh, meta commentary on the medium. Yeah. Instead of I think kind you, of, yeah, you could probably include like hotline Miami as well in that. Yeah. Yeah. In that oeuvre of, uh, 
gasp. It's like that always just feels like such hollow commentary. It's like, yeah, I know I'm doing these things in a game, but that's because you made me do them in your game. Yeah, who? who, 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 who <laughs> like I need you to, to point that out. You know, it's like I don't need a book yeah. to point out that I know how to read. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and I, I think we've who cares? before on the show kind of lambasted that kind of thing. It's just, it's it feels cheap and arrogant, kind of, and it's okay. it's a good trick once, you know, and yeah. then it it kind it's... of becomes. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... this Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it's pseudo-intellectualism. It's like that guy at college who kind of turns to you one day and says, how do you really know that the sky is blue? And <laughs> Are you it's sure just, you've never it's... done drugs? Yeah, I was just, <laughs> just going to say that. It's just, it, but it is just, it's just that kind of bullshit questioning something that doesn't need to be questioned. It's kind of asking a question that everyone has already answered in their own heads. And... Uh, yeah, kind of poking fun at video games as well is so insular and just that kind of Ouroboros thing of, uh, you know, incestuous commenting upon commenting upon commenting. And, yeah, I find it quite tiresome. I wonder, too, like, you know, if developers, people who make games, uh, you know, if they feel this pressure to, like, keep carrying the torch for certain genres and experiences of, like, you know, hmm. like... Like, who is actually going to go back and play Duke Nukem, you know, short of, like, having a podcast where you focus on this sort of thing? You <laughs> I know what I mean? just going to say, like, we, we would. Yeah, no, I'm being reflexive, ironically, in this. But, like, you know, I wonder if they feel like, oh, you know, I want to give, quote-unquote, kids, you know, the experience of, like, what I felt when I played Duke Nukem or Hexen or, or whatever. Um, you know, because there is that thing with the audience, like, even though it's not really true, like, you know, people sort of age out or they lose interest because these kinds of things just don't really change. There's just always, like, a new mm -hmm. coat of paint on the same old thing. Uh, sort of to echo your example of, like, the drive-in memes, which I think uh, we were kind of joking, but, like, it's really, you know, hasn't changed that much. Just it's sort of the same mm -hmm. experiences over and over. But, I mean, well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I was gonna say you could, you can be, kind of cynical about it, and I probably would be at this point. Um, that when you when you make a game, that you know whether it tries to do it kind of seriously, like a you know, Stanley Parable or what have you, or if it tries to make kind of a joke out of out of presenting some sort of satire or commentary on the thing it's doing, it's kind of just a way to keep doing that thing and say, yeah, yeah, we know. You know, we, we know that these games are stupid and violent. And, yeah. You know, that the characters all talk like assholes. But, like, look, yeah. at we're winking at you. We know that that's happening. But then you still get to, you have your cake and eat it, too, and you get to put this game out anyway. And, yeah, we're not going to change it. I'm we're so tired of that. Like, I feel like, you know, I've probably written this in things where I have written reviews and done critique. Like, I that personally just annoys me so much because it points out that like you know that you can do something better and different than that like like that's like the laziest trope not that all tropes are bad but when it's like i know this happens a lot and isn't it stupid and all right let's get back to doing it like you know yeah just just do no, the I... better just do the different thing it's okay <laughs> the other the other thing i mean the other thing that i'm not sure you know whether i'm saying this kind of empirically and whatever but the the idea that reviving retro and kind of oh let's do what shooters always did you know let's go back to the heart of shooters let's remake 
or at least kind of revitalise the spirit of June Newcomb, Doom, Wolfenstein, Quake. Let's bring it all back. Um, I find that quite misguided and a, quite a sort of fatuous creative endeavour because, yeah, those games already exist and if people aren't playing them, then I think it's up to the people to go and play them, for one. Uh, two, there are some things in games that are kind of left behind for a reason. Mm-hmm. And like constantly rehashing and just kind of you know repeating history, we're never going to fucking get anywhere. Um, the Victorian freak show died out for a good reason and with good reason. And I think that the kind of shooters that that Bulletstorm kind of looks up to are dead and gone. And yeah, personally, I'm not like that fussed to see them come back. That's the thing. I think that's like... a really. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, they're not really gone though. They haven't gone anywhere. Well, no, well, no, but that's and that's the problem. And yeah. Maybe a game like Bulletstorm isn't sort of helping. I mean, I'm not saying that there's some objective end state that games ought to reach or that I even want them to reach, but yeah. there are kind of u- ugly facets of games from years gone by that I don't think are admirable in the way that Bulletstorm seems to imply they are admirable. I do definitely agree with you, Ed, in the sense that I think projects like this or like Serious Sam or even sort of like Hotline Miami, they exist to hold that like old sort of standard up as an example but without really realizing that the sort of social and political circumstances surrounding not just that game but games in particular and media at large have changed so dramatically that to put something like that out there and I'm just talking about the tone of the game because again I do really like the way Bulletstorm plays but just tonally like to put something out there that is emulating something like a Duke Nukem or whatever, and not and just ignore the fact that there are all these changing factors that can affect how we receive games. I think that's kind of disingenuous and maybe mm. irresponsible. I, can I say too? Uh, we didn't really touch on this, and this is maybe a, a mundane counterpoint, but um, I thought the game looked really pretty. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of parts of it, you know, not so much when you're sort of down in the miscellaneous generic <laughs> caverns and caves and stuff but when you're sewer level number 12 yeah, yeah when you're but when you're above ground and you're out like it just sort of it caught my eye where i was like you know it's hard to tell that like this is five years old um you know th- this is something I, I do wish i did see more in games and this is my own personal preference of just like it having sort of a a stylized look like it almost looks like a graphic novel in a way yeah as opposed to something, yeah. As opposed to something like you know Metal Gear Solid Five, which is like that has all sorts of weird tonal stuff too, where like the ultra gritty realism, and then they like play torture for laughs and all sorts of weird things. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I but that said, like I don't really, I didn't really find Bulletstorm like super funny. See, <laughs> see, that's a, that's another reason that I think it might be at least partially self aware because if you look at the games that were coming, the shooters that were coming out in two thousand eleven. It's all just palette swaps of different brown colors, and it seems like Bulletstorm is so visually busy that it seems like it was a conscious decision to not do that. Hmm. What else? Yeah, absolutely. What else was coming out at that time? 2011, um, you had... Uh, so, now then, hang on. Call of Duty Black Ops was 2010. So 2011 was Modern Warfare 3, so that would have been the big issue. I think Battlefield Heart, uh, Battlefield 3 sorry, was 2011 as well. Um, and Gears of War 3. So it's yeah. kind of 
coming off the that kind of period of time when there was just a lot of modern military shooters, right? That were yeah. To go for, you know, warehouses and industrial centers and stretches of desert, things like that. Well, that's so, a period of time that we're still kind of living in as well. I mean, was this game a huge success? Was it sort of... Did it no, was, not it, really, no. Yeah, it, 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 it seems it, more of like it a did weird o- footnote. It yeah. did okay critically, um, but I actually interviewed uh, someone off the game a few years ago for an article I was doing about why games commercially fail even when they are critically successful, um, you know, just as a kind of indication of how it performed. No, it didn't It didn't sell well at all, and I think that there was even, you know, talk of the sequel and doing it as a franchise, but... I mean, if you play the game, it ends on uh, cliffhangers for a sequel, which obviously mm-hmm. never materialized. Would you say a cliffy hanger? Oh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean. Okay, I mean, well, that was that was bullet points. Thank you for listening. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, history has a lot of examples of stuff like that. Like, are are any of you familiar with the band Big Star? No. no, there's a there's a really great documentary. It's on Netflix. Netflix did not yeah. pay me to say this about the band. And it's a real, I mean, it's a different decade. List. It's a different decade. And uh, I'm sorry to, I guess this is quid pro quo because you spoiled uh, <laughs> the game for me. So I'll tell you about you this big star. Spoil a documentary. <laughs> well, but the documentary looks at like the band was poised to be really huge and um, their manager put on this show that was for like this really loose affiliation of a bunch of music critics. And these are like, you know, died in the wool. Uh, skeptics, critics who have seen it all and, you know, basically don't love music anymore in the way that a civilian would. Um, And they were totally blown away by the band and they wrote a ton about them, but they sort of never took off. I mean, they sort of have become hugely influential, you know, but only in hindsight and they didn't become like huge successful rock stars. They're just sort of one of those revered acts that like, uh, dorks like me will <laughs> will reference, but well, yeah, that yeah, that happens all over the place, right? Yeah, but I don't know that like this game is going to do that. I, I, don't I don't think, think it, it was trying to do anything different in the way that that band was trying to do something different at that time. You know? Yeah. Again, yeah, it, it definitely it it pokes at conventions and it kind of like peels peels some of them back, but it doesn't really like Ed was saying, it doesn't really do anything with them. It's true. So, I mean. Uh, I know I'm your guest and I'm sort of taking over here a little bit, but uh, I mean, what what do you feel like in games? Like, what gets to be influential? Is it is I mean, like, what seems to ascend to that level? And it's like, okay, we're just gonna do stuff like this now for twenty years. Hmm. Um, I find recently that what's been influential is um, a lot of games that are sort of. <clears throat> <clears throat> overly sentimental and mawkish. Um, I think games that you know claim to be exploring contrarianism, uh, contrarianism, different themes, etc. Uh, although I don't think that they're really doing those things. What what I guess gets picked up is whatever sells. Mm. I mean that's that's like the bluntest summary I can come up with. Um, it's nothing to do, I don't think, or at least not as much to do with, you know, contrarianism or new ideas or whatever, because Far Cry 2, which we all kind of bow down to on this podcast, was just absolutely full of great ideas and it was such a brave game. Uh, and it sold moderately well, but sort of not enough to become, you know, 
epochal. No, uh, that was a game that hated you. And, yep, and that's I, why it's great. You see, I, I, I actually no. You see, I, I I think the opposite. I don't want to just sort of take us onto a discussion of Far Cry Two, but I think yeah. Far Cry Two loves loves the player more than most games because it doesn't patronize the player, it doesn't talk down. It, it expects a lot from you. It's got very very high expectations of the player. I think that it, it it's really really kind of uh, optimistic about its audience. Oh, I think we're uh, saying the same thing. Yeah, an an audience which let it down, quite frankly. Yeah, it um, does. Uh, but yeah, I think that what what becomes influential what becomes influential in games is is the biggest hit. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and that's not unique to games. That's not like a cynical statement about games. I mean, that 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 can apply to music. I mean, look at how many kind of Beatles derivatives there were in the nineteen sixties or, or whatever, um, mm-hmm. or to or to films. You know, look how many kind of movies riffed on the Matrix in the early two thousands. Yeah, um, it. It's the same everywhere. I think that yeah, what what sells is what becomes influential, and bullet storms didn't sell. Uh, but even if it did, as Patrick was saying, I, I I don't know. I don't know whether it kind of warrants. Uh, sorry, not as Patrick was saying, as David, as you were saying, I don't know if it kind of warrants um, that sort of cult reappraisal. You know, I, I part don't of it is think... I, I don't think it was positioned in the way that critics like myself read it. I think it was just another shooter in in air quotes. <laughs> Which may have been why it didn't sell, is because it was yeah it, it, it was just kind of a drop in the bucket, especially in 2011 with like Gears of War was finishing, Modern Warfare was finishing, Far Cry 3 was almost coming out. Like these are all huge titles that we've all been sort of trained, quote unquote, to pay attention to, and right. Bulletstorm just sort of appeared, and it was good, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't really do anything that immediately will blow those out of the water. Well, I, I think the thing about the idea of a game like Bulletstorm being influential, it wouldn't work that well anyway, because you, something that I think is so reflexive can't be influential in a meaningful way. That's you know? a really good point. Yeah. Like, if, mm-hmm. you, if you're presenting a commentary on something, if your work is kind of based on foreknowledge of existing work, then where do you react to that? I mean, yeah, you can be... A, homo asshole and, and keep going down the, the rabbit hole there but like you you can't just like do more bullet storm ad nauseum because mm-hmm. then you just become another genre the or sequel to bullet storm is just making fun of bullet storm this <laughs> goes all the way down precisely yeah so are you yeah, talking you... about like a like a girl talk type thing <laughs> what of of remixing <laughs> of the remix the remix yeah why not I mean, yeah, that sort of, I, that's sort of the exception, right? Like, I guess if you want to hasten the doom of <laughs> sincerity in, in art, right? That's uh, why I was invited on the it, podcast. It, is, yeah, isn't that what we're doing here today? Like, <laughs> can I get I guess... that on a on a business card, hastening the doom of sincerity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call any of these games directly inspired or, or influenced by Bulletstorm. But if you look around the same period, I think the Stanley Parable was around or came around not long after, at least in its kind of um, primordial form. Hotline Miami was two thousand twelve. Spec Ops: The Line was two thousand twelve. Far Cry Three, which takes a swing at various video game conventions, uh, takes a swing and falls over and, his ass like yeah, a mi- fucking misses every single one of us. Misses every single swing and falls over like a fucking penguin um you know that that came out in 2012 so there was there was i think a just sort of, sort of like general you see i was about to say right there was a, there was a general 
dismay within the video game industry towards the video game industry. But I actually, uh, again, this is a really cynical thing to say. I, I wonder whether there actually was genuine dismay within the video game industry or whether the video game industry realized that it could you, make They money. could sell that, yeah. Yeah, that they could sell dismay. They'd read I agree with reviews. you 3,000%. They'd read enough reviews in IGN comment sections saying, oh, it's just another bullshit war shooter doing the same game, and realized that they could probably capitalize on that. Um, yeah. But I, I wouldn't call any of that directly inspired by Bulletstorm. It just kind of coincided. I, I so it's like parallel to Bulletstorm, I guess you could parallel, say. Parallel. I mean, it's right. rare that there's a, a game of that genre, or even many games at all, that like at least tries to have a sense of humor about itself yeah I'm I mean, sorry I'm, just, I'm flashing on um, Sunset Overdrive uh, which could be a whole half hour in and of itself but I don't want to do that to you guys yeah I didn't play that but I kind of get the sense that that's kind of what it was too was a sort of bullet storm type thing on the open world shooter <sighs> I mean it's like this it's a similar type of thing but it's just like man video games are stupid this is a video <laughs> game. It reminds it reminds me a lot of Bayonetta in that sense. Uh, which um, does? Well, just that Bayonetta kind of has that same sort of idea. It's just like ridiculous for the sake of being ridiculous, and then that is kind of meant to be enough to redeem it. That's more successful, though, right? I mean, I have only played it a yeah, little, I think and, so. I, and I, as I understand it, like that has a pretty enthusiastic fan base that are in on yeah. the joke and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's. I, I think it is fair to kind of lump this all into, you know, it's it's an era, and it's influential in the sense that if you try to think of big blockbuster games now, almost all of them end, if, if you're killing lots of people in them, you're going to have at least a throwaway line talking about, you know, why have you been doing this all this time? You know, a game like The Division, which has been rightfully heavily criticized for you know, kind of having some troubling subtext, you know, near the end of that game without saying too much, a character says, you know, did you maybe consider that you were the villain all along? And and that's kind of just become something that's that's just kind of stuck in to everything. Yeah, it's it's a checkbox now. Like, the lesson learned is that do do what you want, make any kind of game you want, is mm-hmm. have the character do fucking whatever, the most reprehensible shit you can think of, but at the end, if someone says, hey, Maybe you aren't the hero of this story. Then it's like, eh, okay, we covered our bases. Do you get yeah. an achievement or a trophy when you have that epiphany? <laughs> you should. Follow up. Achievement unlocked appreciates art. Can there, can there be DLC <laughs> where they change that message? So oh. it's like, it's more like they give you like a hot dog and a foam finger. And they're like, you're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> You, you get it. <laughs> yeah. You get it. You get it. The achievement get is it called, all. The achievement is called It Getter. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast discussion got real fucking just dismal, though. Didn't it? Like, is it, that because yeah. of me? I feel like I do no, that. Like 100%, yeah. 100% no, I, yeah. I feel I feel like... <laughs> I, I think like... Hey, I, mo- I platinumed it. <laughs> <laughs> I platinumed the hastening of your doom. <laughs> that's that's your business card right there. I, I think what's, this happens what's dismal a lot. about it? I mean, what do you? What's dismal? Because then it ends up being like I, I don't know. It's like every time you 
talk too much about video games in whatever space, including, yeah. including I, our bi-weekly podcast. I, mean, uh, uh-huh. I, I think it's a good conversation to have because we don't, we, not we, the four of us here, just we, us stupid motherfuckers who still like talking about games, um, we don't often like to take them out of their sort of vacuum. Um, we look at games as individual sort of points on the line, um, whereas <clears throat> almost every other art that I've been involved with um, everything is sort of interrelated. And I think mm-hmm. what you were talking about earlier, Reed, with all the games coming out around the same time that we're doing sort of the same thing, I don't think that's an accident. I'm not saying that it was by design, but I think it definitely says something about where games were at that point that those sorts of things were that prevalent. I mean, look, it's like this it, on a very simple level. Uh, you know, if you if you grow up with this stuff or if you pay attention to it for any stretch of time longer than a decade you'll start to notice the repetitions and the avoidance of at least making those repetitions longer or have detours. Um, Mm. You know, I mean, if if what we nebulously refer to as a game industry was actually interested in offering different types of experiences or even being self-aware about them, uh, you know, it would have happened by now. I mean, I, I flash on stuff like, you know, E3 and uh, you know a lot of the games that will get announced will just be seeing more explosions and more cars mm-hmm. and uh, not really even anything different. Um, so I don't. I mean I understand that it, like it sounds bleak, but that uh, doesn't. I think it's kind of affirming to reach a similar <laughs> conclusion, you know, with other people that like whether you talk to them a lot or not, or in my case this is my first time speaking to the three of you, it's like, oh okay, I'm not a crazy person drawing these conclusions out of nowhere. This is actually what it is. I don't think that's dismal at all. Yeah. I I mean it's it's only but... Hmm? Oh go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say it's only it's uh bleak is probably the better word it's only kind of bleak when you when you think about uh, a stretch of time and you try to think about if, if things are really kind of getting somewhere if, you, if you're getting to a place where there's more stuff actually kind of that seems kind of culturally valuable in some way um, with time and when you kind of keep getting back to the same zero point of mm-hmm. you know looking at how the money gets pooled around in this industry looking at how things Looking at how developers react to criticism, or you know, publishers, as the case may be, it yeah. that can be kind of like disappointing. See, yeah. but I think I think too, like when you think that way, I think that sort of minimizes the value games do have, which is like they don't have to all be stupid. It's okay that some of them are. Mm-hmm. That's valuable. Yep. Okay. Oh you yeah. Know, at the beginning, I was like, oh, I don't know if I liked it, but I'm like, you know, I'm glad this exists. I'm glad that like it's just that my experience with this type of thing was like, you know in the mid 90s and i was playing doom 2 and i was like oh my god this is awesome because i had never seen anything like that before but yeah, you yeah. Know, it's like however many years later it's like oh well i've seen this and i like that and it's not that i can't grow it's just that i don't see anything that's really different here and me and my friends were funnier making jokes about doom 2 and playing simpsons doom and stuff <laughs> rather than needing to hear about a dude's asshole being turned purple or, or what his dick tits looked like <laughs> well, I, I think, and I, I won't like keep harping on this or anything, but like, yeah. I think the the problem is I always think of this in terms of uh, like film. Like, yeah, I, I watch a lot of movies, and I'm like, I like Rambo. I think Rambo is pretty cool, um, yeah. and it's it's stupidest shit ever. But I'm glad that 
I can watch Rambo, but if every movie was Rambo, I would fucking hate movies. I would be like, movies are boring, you know? Yeah. If, if, or not every movie, but if, if nine tenths of the movies that were coming out were, were the same kind of thing, you, you'd eventually just kind of be like, you know, this, I, I want more from this medium that's clearly capable of doing some really interesting things. I think of a different Stallone example, which is like, look at the Rocky series, you know, where it's like, okay, you, have you guys seen it? Am I going to spoil the entire series? S- spoil it all. No. I've seen them all. So Rocky yeah, is ahead. a boxer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Uh, well, no, I mean, like, if you watch it, like, the first one, it's like, oh, it's actually, you know, you, you probably, if you didn't know anything about it, you would probably be surprised to learn, like, oh, this is actually, like, a pretty good film and it's got a lot of good moments and there's a lot of interesting yeah. characters but then they went and they made five more and over the course of the series like it becomes this weird parody of itself um that's, all that's, the way to the, to the oh go ahead no i was just gonna I was say just, I, was gonna, I was just gonna i was just gonna say in the fourth one you know to the point where he's got like a robot butler and he's <laughs> pulling jeeps in the snowfields of russia just roped around his neck um <laughs> but you go ahead <laughs> no, that's 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 kind of like Rambo as well, you know. The, yeah, the first, no, of course. The first yeah. one actually kind of has something to say, and and then it becomes, yeah, a parody of itself. He becomes a cartoon character in, in both of those. You know, but look at like The Simpsons or anything. Where it's just like I don't. I mean, I know it's not like how these things work as businesses, but like they just sort of morph and they become I... different versions of themselves. And it's arguable whether it's inferior, but you really can't say that like it's maintained you know, the thing that made it special in the first place. I don't think it's fair to say that, that things don't change. I mean, the comparison between Bulletstorm and Doom 2, Doom 2 sold very well, yeah. Bulletstorm did not. So that, that kind of implies some kind of change, even if it's sort of tectonic and, and imperceptible. Um, certainly in the years that I've been playing games from, I'd say, you know, the beginning of like the PlayStation 1 era, <clears throat> up, until ne- up until now, um, I can ascribe a lot of changes. I think some things have gone in enormous quote marks forwards, and some things have gone backwards. Some things have got worse. Some things have got better. And there's there's plenty of games that I play now, which you know I, I sometimes wonder if people have a slightly short memory. I mean, does anyone really recall the kind of stuff that was on the PS One? It's nothing like what there is now, and and vice versa. You, games were very different back then just in 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 innumerable small and large ways not just in the way that they were made but in the way that they played in the way that they looked in the thinking that went into their creation it was a totally totally different field back then um now even just the assumption of who you were making games for precisely right it was super insular and, and that's not to kind of get all moist eyed and say, you know, games have gotten so much better and they're a legitimate art form, because I don't agree with that at all. I think that that's a bullshit sentiment, and I think the games are still a fairly pitiful um, industry and, you know, bear very little cultural relevance. But they, they, they've certainly changed, whether they've adapted and, you know, picked up any more kind of broad cultural relevance, to use that phrase again. I'm not sure, but they're definitely different. I'm not sure that they just offer the same things over and over again. And even if they do, the audience is different now. And that makes the things that they're offering different as well. I think it's harder to track. I mean, if we want to do stretch back to like the original PlayStation, uh, which was 1994, I think. Um, you know, we're talking about a pre-internet world where 
you know, I mean, there's never going to be, there's never going to be another Beatles or another Nirvana or even another Aerosmith. Like it's just, it's become so fragmented. Like the notion of like a single creative thing is going to command so much attention. It feels so hard to track in games. Like, like what is the big thing or what's influencing everything else? It feels like, you know, the fandom that used to be around like systems has now formed around series and I don't know, like, how much cross-pollination you see anymore, but that just might be by virtue of my age, and I just know other people like me. But I felt like that was fairly commonplace growing up. Like, you'd want to check out as many different things as possible. And you couldn't really devote your life to, like, okay, <laughs> I'm only going to focus on Blaster Master. Like, you wouldn't be able to. <laughs> The, the, the cynic in me says that part of that, or most of it, is by design um, in terms of how the industry is, yeah. quote-unquote, the industry is, is is adjusting its strategy because you're not really meant to care about a single game for any length of time. You're meant to keep up with the year, yearly releases yeah. um, and get get excited every you know 9 to 12 months to get the new Assassin's Creed or whatever. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, you have the latest Call of Duty that you can play the multiplayer ad nauseum um, while you're waiting for that. And then these littler, littler titles like Bulletstorm, um, yeah, I know, right? Um, they're they're there for the the, the quote the fringe of the, the long tail who want to venture outside of that. But again, I'm I'm horrifically cynical, so you should probably just ignore that. That sounded about right to me. Um. <laughs> hey, so did did What's you guys the... like Bulletstorm? Oh yeah. Yes. Yes or no. You have to answer yes or no. I like it. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I I was just being an asshole. I I don't. I was. I no, was just... no. I I I think that it's you know it's worth kind of regrounding ourselves in what we came here to talk about. No, I I don't like Bulletstorm. Um, I I I don't think it's funny. I think that the the sort of things it attempts to do in the, in the way it's written are uh, uninteresting, and I think anyone with kind of any taste who had played games around that time kind of got everything that Bulletstorm was trying to say already. We all we all knew it. We all felt it. Um, so there's nothing that you know. All, all it is is just kind of it's quite masturbatory. It's just patting you on the back and saying, "Ha ha ha!" You notice that games are kind of all brown these days as well. Well done. You know, it's just it's like a big fucking soapy wank for the. Player. I do. I do think though, Ed, that I I think that its tone sort of gets in the way of the other actual like game stuff that it does that aren't nearly as insufferable because yeah. I do think that just as far as shooters go mechanically I think Bulletstorm is well made um, I think that its design is very tight and it encourages a style of play that is actually reminiscent of quote older shooters and not just reminiscent of older shooters in the sense that mm -hmm. the protagonists are chauvinistic assholes um, which is a hard line to strike, and I think it doesn't get the credit for doing that because we, as we collectively like to talk about its stupid fucking writing. Yeah, well, that's what I, you're uh, playing through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with Patrick on, on the fact that the one thing that is easy to lose sight of is that it actually is. There's a lot to like, if you. I don't know if you if you turn the sound off and didn't have subtitles on, you could probably like this game quite a bit, just because mm -hmm. it's, you know, in in terms of just nuts and bolts, 
uh, shooting design and point system and you know this sounds so you know bullet point review thing like good graphics good but it, it is very colorful and imaginatively designed it's just the writing I think kind of it's like you made a wonderful cake and then you just put like cigarette butts all over it well yeah. I think about it like this like I brought up Duke Nukem before and you know maybe the, what this is is like maybe it is paying tribute to that and also solving for it because this doesn't have any of those problems that Duke Nukem had where you'd be running around the level and have no clue where to go like it does a good job of like keeping you moving and you know not subjecting you to the same type of environment over and over mm-hmm. um you know i just I, I think i wonder i do wonder like who it's intended for i think that there's like a you have to be like a hardcore you know enthusiast to just want to play anything that you can shoot in to be like super excited about it cuz i th- i don't think it's at all uh, cynical to say that like you have your fair choice of games if you want to shoot at stuff now from that perspective um, so you know like I would be curious to hear like someone who's never played shooters before what they thought of it because I think it I think it does do a lot of things decently it's just that none of them are particularly interesting or new it's just sort of you know it's a refinement mm-hmm. in a way that a lot of video games at least industry and some independent games feel where it just feels like people are trying to quote unquote solve genres and like make the most perfect version of them. But mm. I don't really think. Well, this. Yeah, go ahead. It's what I kind of to return myself to something I said earlier on, whereby I think Bulletstorm's appeal um, is largely reliant on the players uh, falling out of favor with the shooters of the time. Uh, I don't think Body Storm would seem anywhere near as kind of creative and colourful and crazy if it didn't appear in, you know, the the sea of war shooters in which it did appear. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, and this this is just this isn't an objective criticism. This is a personal taste thing. But the kind of shootouts and the kind of uh, experience I think that I prefer from from shooting games and from violent games is not the one that you get in Bullet Storm. I'm not particularly enthused by this big, hey, you can kill them in a thousand different ways and get points and they've all got crazy names and you've got all these toys and gadgets. So I, I find that stuff really uh, counterintuitively or whatever, I, I find it quite boring. I'm, I'm quite bored by that sort of setup of, okay, I suppose I could kill this guy in a thousand ways, but I don't care. It, it doesn't excite me. What I find exciting is, and what I find fun and entertaining because fun and entertaining are broad terms that don't just mean escapists and don't just mean pure art and don't just mean switching your brain off. This is the nerdiest thing I've ever said, but books are fun. Books are entertaining. Learning and whatever is enjoyable. Um, the kind of things that I find fun are, are games like Kane and Lynch, are games like Far Cry 2, are games like Metro, are games like Max Payne 3 where the, the, the shooting isn't intended to be blasé and kind of colourful and wacky. It's meant to be the opposite of those things, and and some people say, oh, you just like you know shooters that are hardcore and like depressing. No, these it's enjoyable. It's funny. You know, the Godfather is a painful film, but it's still enjoyable. It's still entertaining, um, and that's that's kind of my own personal problem with Bulletstorm is that it's trying very very hard to be light and entertaining, but uh, it's not what I find entertaining. I'm glad you actually brought up Max Payne Three. I know we're getting to the end of it, but that's probably been one of my favorite shooter type games i've played in the last few years and i feel uh, like it's yeah. sort of like a it's like no, a smarter what's up 
Oh, I was just going to say, I think you're in, in good company with that. Oh, opinion. good. Yeah, yes. I was just going to say, like, I feel like it's sort of the smarter version of a thing like this because it's got a lot of, you know, it pokes fun at a lot of things, but it's not, like, jamming its elbow in your ribs about it. Like, you can only realize, like, the game is a satire if you, like, pay attention to it. You can also just shoot stuff and enjoy, like, in Bulletstorm, the colorful environment. Like, where do, where do mm. you go? You go to, like, South America in that game? In, yeah. In which yeah. one? Yeah. In Max, Max Payne. Payne in Max Payne. Yeah, I mean, I, Sa- Sao Paulo in Brazil. Yeah, I want to go play that again. So thank you for <laughs> helping, My me de- helping me detour to remember. That's super rare for me too. Like I don't really like to go back and replay games. Like I, although I was replaying Bulletstorm here, the only thing that really stuck out to me since whenever it came out and I played it originally is I was like, oh, it's kind of this looks better than new games and it's colorful. A couple of years ago, I probably didn't notice that as much. But it still didn't mean it won it over, so won me over. So, yeah. No, I um, I just mentioned that as as a thing, you know, uh, because it's mm-hmm. uh, it is something a little bit different than if you if you just kind of say, well, it's a fast paced, you know, kind of retro style shooter or something. I think that misses the mark a little bit. Um, I I'm not saying I'm in love with it. I I think there are things about it that like the visual design mainly is 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 kind of nice i like the uh the way it looks so there mm. patrick have you got any concluding thoughts on bullet storm yeah i mean we we're talking about things changing and i think that it's also worth noting that as these circumstances change the way that we interpret games will also change um i loved bullet storm when i first played it back in whenever um i still really enjoy it but i can also appreciate a lot of the grievances that have been leveled against it and see where it where it falls down um and i think that it's a strange game because you can either like me try and sort of read it as a as a commentary on shooter design or you can just kind of ignore that all that exists and just shoot things and i don't think either is more correct than the other um and while I think, again, while I think the game is enjoyable and I, I appreciate what it does, I, I don't think that it's a capital S significant game in the way that something like Far Cry 2 is or that, uh, oh God, why am I thinking of Spec Ops? I don't, no, not Spec Ops. <laughs> well, no, I think, I think yeah, I, I think Spec Ops is kind of a, it's a waypoint in a way that Bulletstorm probably isn't. Because also, I mean, Bulletstorm was released at a time when we were looking at games like that, like Bioshock and Far Cry and Spec Ops, and I think it's it might, I don't know, you could also see it as pushing back against that. I, I'm reaching again, I know I am, but I'm just, you know. it's It's got a lot of things to say, and I think it contradicts itself in a lot of them. Yeah. Did any of you play any of the, there was like DLC or something I saw, according to my PS3, like there was more stuff they added? Did any of you play that? No. No. <laughs> I feel like that says Sorry, that, that, that sums my, it up so concisely. When I when I hear the letters DLC, I just I, I yawn. Oh, oh! You should write an opinion piece for IGN yeah. about DLC ruining your, DLC. your video games. Ad. Why That's... don't they? Why don't they just put the DLC in the finished release? Why do we have to pay extra? <laughs> now, I remember my uh, our, my parents' generation. They wanted to experience dlc uh, 
I don't even know how that worked, but it was a lot more complicated. Well, what what used to happen in the 1940s, and it was at the end of the Second World War, is, is mm-hmm. the king came out into the street in London and he gave everybody a commemorative DLC. <laughs> yeah. Um, but of course, you yeah. you you didn't you didn't just go home and plug it in. You you know you had to go and yeah. yeah well, DLC used to be outside. We didn't used to have inside DLC. You used to have to go outside to use the DLC. Um, but if, yeah, if I remember correctly, times. yeah, like people were much more receptive to uh dlc in the 40s and 50s because of uh all the rationing that had been going on from the war yeah yeah, yeah. you just you just appreciate it more because you had to unzip it by hand and like exactly yeah by the time you were done you just had this really gorgeous product right guys can i interrupt you for a second here this this conversation is making me really uncomfortable because i didn't want to bring it up on the podcast but yesterday i got diagnosed with dlc and so um, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Like you can talk about it, but it's kind of. Is, it, is it bad? Is it like a season's pass? Yeah, I got. I got Oof, I'm so sorry. Got, so does, does, does that mean that the extra bits of you are just going to start appearing now <laughs> yeah. for the next six months? Yeah, for the next six months. They say they have a vision for it, but I don't know. So far, it's just weird growth. Right. Are you okay? No, I got DLC, man. You think I'm okay? <laughs> I don't know. I've, I'm, try, I'm trying to be sensitive, and you know. this is the first person I've ever met who has DLC. So yeah, yeah. I just don't know. Yeah. I'm doing a fundraiser I mean, do to, for DLC. Do, do you get to? Do you get like a special parking spot or? No, there's no upshot to having DLC. In, instead of the ice bucket challenge, he does the Mountain Dew challenge. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you dump that's it all how over DLC it. is treated. Well, I guess that'll make yeah. it better. I don't yeah, see how right. that could make your condition worse. <laughs> <laughs> Although I am sorry to hear about the tragic news. Yeah, I know. it's okay. Yeah, I get, okay. I'm gonna call that... call my family after this. I just thought I'd tell you guys first. Okay. You can still you can still do the podcast though, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, sh- I should be okay. Oh sh. Just until the sequel is released, though, and then he might be obsolete. <laughs> That's true. Then I'm gonna be shot in the head and put in a dumpster. <laughs> I didn't know this was gonna be that kind of podcast where. You just revealed medical our, conditions and personal tragedies. Yeah, the, I mean, if we're going down that route, I had a really bad hangnail the other day. It was pretty rough. <laughs> Are we going to get realistic here? <laughs> just yeah. honestly start. No, what okay? we do is we all tell each other our, our symptoms, and then we can web MD it and diagnose each other. That actually sounds like it. another good podcast, though. I like the sound of that. Yeah, just uh hanging with the hypochondriacs or something <laughs> i don't know you guys are in the podcasting business so uh, you tell we'll me what the name would be just, maybe we should wrap this wrap <laughs> this episode up because I'll, i've noticed i've checked with people and i've got a little monitor here that tells me uh we are just talking shit now yeah no oh. this is this is usually what we do before and after the show yeah yeah we we have ended the podcast without actually ending it which is interesting all right, well, I'll talk to you guys later. So. <laughs> uh, it would be weird if, All right, I, if I was like, okay, that's it. Uh, just hung up. Check us out on uh, SoundCloud and <laughs> Stitcher. Mm. Sorry, you guys, I, go ahead. I, I, I don't know how to finish it. I usually say on that bombshell, but I'm not doing that anymore because I got... That Reed, just, Reed keeps he, Reed keeps killing all of our running jokes. Why don't you just say boom yeah. goes the, boom goes the dynamite after? <laughs> I'll tell you what you I'm could say, say that, I'll and t- that's a perfect I... segue after that bombshell of 
right. the, right. the hangnail. I'm going to say <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to our show about Bulletstorm. Uh, I'm Edward Smith. You can find me on Twitter at most and see the ad. Read. Uh, you guys remember when there was that boom goes the dynamite and then there was that ninja who did the backflip and he fell? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Great. Is that it? That's that's Reed's contribution. I was gonna, I was gonna have, I was asking for your Twitter again, Reed, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, I know, no, no, (laughs) I, I was just trying to torture this ending a little bit more. I'm at Reed McCarter. This ending has already died from torture. This this ending has has just died from torture, like Solid Snake. Fucking nerd. Actually, no, he survives. Sorry, I'm. It's it's twenty to nine over here. I'm. It's later than it is over there. My brain's not in gear. Patrick, what's your Twitter? How I I'm at Han Freaking Solo, and I'm gonna stop right there. Thank you, David. Have you got anything to add about uh, your work? Uh, I'm deeply engrossed in it daily. Uh, yeah, I do it a lot. Uh, my Twitter is just my name at David Wolinski. Uh, if you want to check out my project you mentioned earlier, it's uh, No Don't Die dot com. I thought it was just don't die. It is, but someone owns that domain. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Um, Sorry, I just, didn't, make sure I just wanted to make sure I didn't accidentally... <laughs> yeah, I don't want to, like, misintroduce No, no, no. You're thing. fine. No, no, no. You're fine. Okay, good. Hey, David, good, can you, good. like, can you say a few words about what don't die is, though? Because I, I read it. I like it a lot. And I think other people yeah. would, too. Is it... Is this for the podcast or for for us right now? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're Go still going. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know how you're gonna stitch stitch it in or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Don't Die is a interview series oral history project. I started about a year and a half ago, and I've done about two hundred ish interviews. Um, it, it tries to paint the video game industry onto a broader cultural context. So. Basically, what that means is I try to scoop up and find conversations that are not happening about video games or happening in very small pockets and not out in public. Uh, I collect those, I have those, and the idea is just to try to give oxygen to a lot of stuff that doesn't really get noticed or called out or realized, and that can take the shape of any number of things. you know, it could be just me talking to people who have lost interest in playing games and talking to them about why games sort of lost them. Uh, it can be me talking to people in the industry about things they feel the audience doesn't understand about the work that they're doing and ways they'd like to see their working conditions improve. Uh, it, it also can go off into conversations with people with parallels or strange... No, 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 just Sorry. It can also go off into conversations with people from other industries who have parallels or things to talk about that can, you know, maybe shine a light or maybe at least give some thought to the ways video games as an industry, as a culture, could change if it so wanted. Um, is that good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, they're I feel, really. I feel like I was reading that off a script, but I'm just trying to remember what I normally say. So. Wow, that's a, that's, that's, a, that's a good blurb. Yeah, that was good. I've done it at least 200 um, times. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
So if it felt well, practiced, hopefully it wasn't. But uh, no, that's yeah, that's basically it. I mean, if you want to, I guess I could give you a little teaser, which is, um, uh, you know, I'm starting to interview j- game journalists and game quote unquote journalists. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, what? That was, that was also, hot. Yeah, I'm also talking to. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing some rappers soon. Uh, to sort of take a look at rather than like video games and their fixation on Hollywood, um, exploring this line of thinking of like the ways video games should uh, look at rap culture for how it sort of assimilated and became more accepted in a way that video games have not. And uh, Reed and I have talked about this before, but I've also done a couple interviews um, about YA novels and comparing just sort of perceptions Mm -hmm. of that medium and genre the expectations that people not in the audience and audience do have about like you know what they should be getting from it which uh i guess has a lot in common with Bulletstorm because that was kind of a ya game wasn't it yeah, yeah. kind of was sort of yeah, in the way that dark, sort of in the way that dark knight was so it's not like you know ya is bad that's sort of what that conversation is about is ya is not an insult necessarily no you brought it you brought it full circle i did yeah, he... Yeah. Much better than you do it. <laughs> so on that note, <laughs> who was on the that second you in that sent? Who was the second you in that sentence? Was it me? I was gonna say. On that note, thank you for listening, Dick Tits, and Jesus. we'll see you on the next episode. I was gonna call the audience Dick Tits as a well, it's, That was how I was gonna bring it back round. But once again, Reed, you've torpedoed it like a big fucking submarine in misery. <laughs> got rid of the scoring system at the end the 7 out of 10 thing that we used to do you got rid of my bombshell line and now you dropped a fucking flaming load of wreckage all over my ending for this episode I hope you're happy I didn't do anything that time I was just laughing at the the fucking ridiculous ridiculousness of these endings if if anyone was going to get DLC I'm glad it was (laughs) Don't, don't say that you can't take that back don't go to bed angry. <laughs> and on that bombshell, I'd like to say goodbye to everyone. On the upcoming episodes, we'll be discussing games like Half-Life 2, uh, Doom, the old one, not the one that's coming out, uh, and Binary Domain. Uh, until then, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye.